I want to know what my love language is. Right. Because that's well, more fun than right. finding out somebody else. Sure. It's more fun because you go, <laughs> if my love language is this, that means my spouse needs to be giving me this. Yes. Right. And that can get really dangerous really quickly oh, yeah. because you can start keeping score really fast. Sure. Right. Try to figure out as you're listening, what is the thing that they are looking for? This is really less about figuring out what I want and more about what my partner wants and how I can learn to speak that language better so that I can love them in a way that they're really going to appreciate. Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast from Real FM. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hello and welcome to Real Talk. We are into season six, episode one. Real Talk is a show where we get real about everything from current events to culture to faith. And returning this season, Kara and Isaac are with me. My name is Anson. We're so glad to have you back. It's kind of crazy, guys, that we are already on our sixth season of Real Talk. Boy, yes. after six seasons, you're still listening. <laughs> Yeah, if you're Kudos still here, you. thank you. Wow. Yay. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> we appreciate you. I don't know if this makes us podcast veterans. I mean, I guess we are technically veterans if we've done six seasons. That yeah. doesn't necessarily mean we're good at it. Yeah, that's We've just been doing thing. it for a while. <laughs> yes. So we can at least plant our flag in that. <laughs> yes. We are going to make just a few little tweaks to the format of the show for season six. And if you've been around for the previous seasons, you know we do this every season just to freshen things up just a little bit. So yeah. here's where we're headed on today's episode. Number one, we're going to hit our first feature which is called struggle bus talking Ooh. about the things which i love the name of by the way yes. talking about the things that we are struggling with this week and uh, i'm going to be talking about how sometimes i have this bad habit of turning into a little child <laughs> and pouting about things <laughs> oh, i'm going to get real awesome. honest about that oh, in a few minutes <laughs> then second feature we're going to talk about good vibes and kara is going to be sharing with us a little bit today about something that made her happy this week yes because we you know we want to be real on real talk <laughs> but we also don't want to be so real that we're talking about <laughs> only things that are difficult and yes. sad and depressing and because there are happy things that happen to us and there we can are. be real about happy things. It's true. So we're going to let Kara express a little bit of happiness on the show today. <laughs> She's going to be talking about her stress ball, which yep. brings her lots of happiness. Nice. And then our third feature, which I am really excited about for this season, guys, on the record, we're going to be actually inviting some of our Real FM artists onto the podcast with us to talk about their lives, their own things that they struggle with. Yeah. And we have a really, really exciting guest joining us on the show today. And I'm like giddy about <laughs> about to say it because it's so exciting. Andy Minio is on yeah. the podcast. He's kind of a big deal. Yeah, that's yeah. really exciting. <laughs> Isaac had a great conversation with Andy Minio that we we're going to share with you. And you're definitely going to want to hear him talking about how come he releases so many side projects? He's been doing a lot of that lately. Yeah. And he talks with Isaac a little bit about his creative process. That's going to be a really fun conversation coming up. And then finally, the conversation for today's episode. Today is Valentine's Day. Yay. Happy Valentine's Day. And we couldn't do an episode on Valentine's Day without talking about love. love. Harp, harp sound effect here. Yes. Yeah. You have to stick that in there. Yeah. So, yes, we're going to talk about love and specifically going to talk about the five love languages unless you live under a rock you've probably heard about the five love languages <laughs> right i don't mean that as an insult if you really haven't heard about them there's a book written by a guy named gary chapman a long time ago back in the early 90s he yeah. wrote this book about the five love languages and it's basically this idea that everybody has a certain language that they speak when it comes to feeling loved mm -hmm. and yeah. that some of those things speak to us a little bit more loudly or clearly than others right so those love languages include words of affirmation acts of service receiving gifts quality time and physical touch and this started as this guy gary chapman a, a baptist pastor writing this book back in the early 90s since then it's exploded into this phenomenon yeah, has. that has far exceeded its original scope and yeah. almost everyone is familiar with this at at least a basic level yes but we're gonna dive into that a little bit deeper talk about what this system is actually good for how we can use it in a productive way in our relationships and also maybe some of the limitations mm. of a system like this as well well, is there one of these love languages where you're like, you know what? I just don't really get that one at all. <laughs> the people that yeah. have this one is their thing. I just I'm not sure I understand. I, I really want to learn more about this one. Yeah. Gift people. I don't get you. I, I really don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand it. I feel like when I hear 
my love language is gifts. I label that person as like, well, I have to get them AirPods before they like me. <laughs> and right. it, it's, it scares me a little so, bit. It's a little materialistic, That's maybe. Little, Slightly. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we'll dive into yeah. that one in particular. Yeah, what about you, Kara? I, um, one of them that's a little bit more mystifying to me is the uh, acts of service, which ah. I mean, I kind of get it, but also I'm kind of like, I still love you even mm. if I forget to do something. Right. right. Like Am that. I one empty dishwasher away right. from you hating me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to dive into both of those as well as the other three coming up here in just a few minutes. But first, we're going to go to our first starter feature of the season. It's time for Struggle Bus. I am on board the Struggle Bus this week, and I'm inviting you to hop on with me. (laughs) What I really want to talk about this week, and I bounced through a number of different things because I feel like lately I've been really, really busy. I haven't had a lot of free time. I've Mm. been kind of overwhelmed. That was kind of where I was going first. And then I realized "Ah, I think all of this stuff that's kind of (laughs) swirling around me at the moment is leading to one particular thing that I'm struggling with. And that is pouting. (laughs) Pouting. (laughs) And this is going to sound kind of weird. So I want to break it down a little bit. And and this may just be a me thing. I'm interested to see if either of you guys (laughs) struggle with this or your spouses maybe do, or if if you've recognized this at all. Here's what I'm talking about when I say pouting. Okay. (laughs) When, when I'm in one of these seasons, I kind of feel like I am in a little bit of a funk. Okay. Have you ever, you get in that Uh, place in life where you kind of feel like you're just in a little bit Mm -hmm. of a funk and you're trying to get back out of it. Totally. My reaction when I get into that place is honestly to pout. (laughs) And I don't necessarily do this to most people. Like I don't think most people ever see this. I do this to my wife. And so when I'm at home and I feel like things aren't going my way, I kind of sulk about it. Uh, and I, I kind of get down and out and I go, oh, life is so hard, yeah. and, but not in like a productive, like, hey, can we talk about this? Can you help me kind of way? Right. But in a, I'm going to act miserable uh, so that you will feel more sympathy or empathy or something towards me. <laughs> right. And you will make me feel better about the funk uh, that I'm in. Yeah. And, okay. and I realized, I think this week that it's actually kind of a little bit of a manipulative thing. Basically, what I'm what I'm doing is I'm saying I feel bad. And I want you to feel bad for me. Uh, And if I don't feel like you're feeling bad enough for me, I'm going (laughs) to act like I'm feeling even worse until I start getting what I want. Right. Does that make sense? It does. Totally. Have you ever done this or have you ever maybe you have a spouse that sometimes does this? You don't have to throw them under the bus if you don't want to. (laughs) Or sorry, onto the struggle bus. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never struggle with this. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think you nailed it. We all have this very real need for empathy. Right. But there's healthy ways and unhealthy ways of going right. about that. Yeah. And I never really thought about that. I don't know. I would assume everybody kind of does that. Yeah. Like when you're feeling yunky and not doing well, it's easy to sulk a little bit. Right. Well, I think way. you hit on something really important there, which is the underlying need that I'm basically, I feel like yeah. kind of crying out for is valid, right? Like I yeah. want someone to feel what I feel. I want someone to understand what I'm going through. Absolutely. Right. Right. But then what you're saying is, there's healthy ways and unhealthy ways of asking for that need to be met. And I think that's where I'm struggling is sometimes I get into this place where I ask for that need to be met in an unhealthy way Yeah. instead of being maybe more just upfront about it and saying, Mm -hmm. Hey, look, can I just be honest with you about where I'm at? Yeah. I I really wonder how this manifests itself between men and women, because Mm -hmm. I'm there with you. I will pout, but my default when I feel overwhelmed and busy and just exhausted is to just go nonverbal and just uh, kind of like that's, mm-hmm. you kind of like my your partner sure. will just notice that something is way off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it takes Brie dragging it out of me with a thousand horses. <laughs> but I think that the way that I've solved that is I've noticed that at the core, the reason I'm pouting is because there's an issue of pride there that mm-hmm. I'm having to overcome to admit mm-hmm. first that. I'm going through something difficult. Hmm. And once Bree and I have kind of chipped away at that, I have to put my little pride in a box and kind of like almost go behind my own back and just go like, Hey, I'm struggling really bad. I need your help. And then then like (laughs) go back to nonverbal and then she'll know. Right. I also get very nonverbal in these moments. I stop talking and Dre usually asks like, why aren't you talking? Like why, why have you like started acting like this again? But I think I actually want her to work to pry it out of me. Ah. Like, like I get some sort of satisfaction about I'm the center of attention right now because Mm. she's having to work to, to Mm. get me to open up about this. Yeah. You still get to feel tough and strong because it took her prying it out of you. Right. Ah. Whereas if you just come to 
her. I only admitted it because you forced me to. Whereas like if you come to her and admit that you're struggling. Even though that's what I wanted all along. Right. Right. Exactly. If you admit it off the top, you Mm -hmm. don't get to be big, strong man anymore. And that's that's where that pride thing for Mm -hmm. me at least. That's interesting. Yeah, that may be. I don't know that it's completely gender, though, because honestly, in my relationship, I'm the one that goes nonverbal more Mm -hmm. often than my husband. For me, it's more of like a fear of like vulnerability. And if I open up about this, how is he going to respond? Is he going to respond accordingly? Or is this weak? Am I I going to get empathy or am I just going to get judgment or right. Right. so so I almost tend to wait out on that and I even do this with my friends this is this is rough I wait until like the very last minute to ask for what I need a lot Mm. of times and they've called me out on this they're like you can't beat around the bush when you're having a really tough time you've got to tell us I need your support right now because most of the time I'd be like hey right so you want to like hang out (laughs) and they're like well no I'm busy and then later they're like oh you were having a panic attack cool you could have told me that and and so I think there's something about the desire to be understood that sometimes we leverage in the wrong way because we think I want to be understood, but wouldn't it be really cool if people just did that without me even asking? Like that would be the ideal being understood. The problem is in the real world, that's usually not the way it works because most people, even in spousal relationships, most of the time we're more obsessed with our own problems than with someone else's. And so it's hard for other people to understand what we're thinking. And and so they need a little bit of help. Sometimes They they need us to come out and say, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm going through. Yeah. And when we refuse to do that and make them work to pry it out of us, like <laughs> yeah. that's a lot to ask of it someone. And, and we're going to be disappointed at times yep. because most people aren't capable of, yeah. of doing that, at least yeah. not every time, no matter yeah. how good at that they are. Exactly. Sure. Now it is time for Good Vibes, the part of the show where we talk about the things that are making us happy because you can be real and still be happy. Mm -hmm. It's a thing. So this week, mine is very silly and light. It's my stress ball, guys. (laughs) I got a new one. Yes. And okay, I'm kind of addicted to like tactile stress ball-y type things. I have like three or four right now and I keep looking for the perfect one. And even my (laughs) phone cover, look at this. It's like a waterfall squishy glitter thing on the back. It's so fun. This is like touching things. I like, yeah, Yeah. it's helpful for me when I'm like talking or thinking just to have something to do with my hands. So I was in oddly enough, like this fancy boutique this weekend And I look down and on the floor, there's this box of these little squishy stress ball things. And I'm like, okay, we'll see if this one's any good. And I pick it up and it's like the perfect (laughs) combination of squishy. Okay. You're going to have to pass it around while you're talking. Yeah. Let me see this thing. It's the perfect. Oh goodness. It's the perfect squishy level. I'm enjoying this. And it bounces back slowly. So it's like very gratifying. And Uh. check this out. You can stretch it also. Anson is now stretching. Oh, oh, and you can bounce it like on what? the table. This is crazy. Oh, it is kind of bouncy, right? It's incredible. I've never seen a stress ball like this. Before. <laughs> it's, a, it's a high quality a stress S- ball connoisseur. High quality SB there. I am, yep. and its brand is uh, Jeru. Of course, you know the brand. J- I, How do you I spell didn't. That? I just looked it up online because I didn't remember. It's capital J A dash R U. Stretchy okay. balls, All stress right. relief. It comes in a pack of three on Amazon. Stress so if you need kids. to find one of these, yes. yeah, you can find it. It says it's for kids, but y'all. So explain a little bit more then about, because I see you holding one of these basically all the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So if I am not one of these people that does this, can you explain exactly, or can you put into words, I know it's probably difficult. Can you put into words at all about like what it does for you or why you feel like it's such a benefit to you? It's a good question. It is kind of difficult to put into words. So maybe it's because like I'm an anxious person sometimes by nature. And so if I give my hands something to do, mm. it relieves a little bit of anxiety. It allows me to have some place to like push that out. But also, I think it helps me think. I don't know. I don't know why it helps me think. But there is something I think there's been studies done about creativity and different things mm-hmm. like that. If you engage tactily with something with your hands, yeah. it helps your brain engage with something differently. Maybe that's part of it. I have a hard time sometimes getting lost in my head yeah. getting mm-hmm. lost in the clouds and I can just go down these rabbit trails that are like ridiculous. And so 
sometimes having something that grounds me in reality and brings me back to gotcha. the tactile world is really helpful. Yeah, that makes yes. a lot of sense. Are you a pacer when you think and talk? Because um, a lot of the times I've known that people like kind of fidget because it's not socially acceptable to like walk around the person yeah. you're talking to. When I, <laughs> that's funny. When I'm on the phone, I'm a pacer yeah, for yeah. sure. When I'm having a conversation, not like because then you can, right? Right? Like, the, yeah, there's yeah. no like socially awkward right. thing about yeah. that. Like not, when you're on the phone, yeah, not in person, but yeah, it it helps me focus maybe yeah. and be in the reality in the now instead of just disappearing into another world. I sure. Think. I'm coming in. going on, Andy Hey, man. How's it going? Doing good. How you doing? Doing good, man. It's Isaac, and we are on the record with Andy Minio. So listen, I was looking at your Instagram today. Uh-huh. <laughs> first of all, you're one of the funnier people on Instagram that I follow. Everything from the uh, Caruso shout out with that Jesus Reese's Cup shirt that you got. Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk about something specific, though. It's from your post on October 2nd of last year. Will Smith using coming in hot as his TikTok debut video. What was your reaction to that? How did you even find out that the Will Smith had picked out your song for that? Yeah, well, when stuff like that happens, you kind of start to get text messages, you know? And so you don't need to, uh, you don't need to know necessarily yourself. It just it comes to you. Same thing happened when like Bieber tweeted out one of my songs. He like uh, was listening to it and just kind of, took a screenshot of him listening and like the text messages start rolling in. That's got to feel pretty cool, yeah? Yeah, definitely cool. Your most recent full release has been Work in Progress. And man, this this whole album is just, it's different. You've got these podcast interviews on here wrestling with these almost existential concepts and just being... Mm-hmm. really real. I'd love to hear about what brought you to this sort of transparency and vulnerability with it. I think transparency uh, and fun, those are like some calling cards more more so for my music, my brand. So I think that's a little more natural to me, but uh, the end of 2018, I lost my mother. So 2019 was more of a just kind of relax, grieve, mm. work through what I need to work through kind of year. And so I didn't have music that um, to come out, but you know, in this climate, it's just kind of people need to be consistently dropping music, and people think he died or something, you know. Sure. So I was like, all right, well, how could we release some music, even though I'm not really working on anything right now? And so I went back into the vaults, and I found all these songs that had never came out because they just didn't fit on different projects. So hmm. this basically was a B-side, the collection of records that never came out, but I still thought they were cool. The way that we tied it all together was doing a podcast with it. So we said. This could be a delightful thing for the fans to be able to get podcasts to still hear from me. And I think people still come to me for wisdom and, you know, words and ideas on life. And uh, and I could make a podcast about each song. I mean, come out and the reason behind it and the concepts of the, the pop and the song. So yeah. we kind of fused it together to be this thing called Work in Progress. These were my works in progress. I'm a work in progress. And, you know, it all just tied in in a really nice, coherent way. Yeah, and, uh, we got to offer something cool. And I love that it came out from being intentional about taking a year off. You know, I mean, we're in this culture now where it's produce, produce, produce. And it's just cool to see someone who's doing well acknowledging that, you know, hey, even I need a break sometimes. Yeah. So if you used kind of an interesting styling for titling all of the tracks and the podcast clips. And I, I think it's always cool yeah. when people are a little extra when they're titling their works and stuff. What was the choice in sort of stylizing it a little differently? Yeah, so you'll notice the names of the tracks on the project are actually the names of the files on the computer. So like when you bounce out a song, like I'm working on a song and I just like, all right, remake or demo of something, you know, and you just kind of lowercase it and you type it in, you put parentheses around it, you know, version nine, the date sometimes you put on there. I thought it would be cool if we actually named the songs exactly what they were called in the computer when they were the latest version. Yeah. So it's not like a nicely cleaned up, like a real pristine name and spelled right and like the right feature thing. It's just kind of the way it looks on the file on my computer. You know, it took me back to uh, sort of the mixtape, the the direct to Datpiff or the YouTube polls or <laughs> all of the stuff on the janky yeah. iPods forever ago. You had like the, all of the underscores and all of that. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you. So um, 2019 kind of felt like a sort of genre bending year 
And as the guy who literally has the line, you might catch me bumping Kenny Rogers in the player. <laughs> do you see yourself cracking into any genres people might not expect from you here pretty soon? What's on the horizon there? What's some of the kind of the more out there projects you have stirring around? Well, man, I feel like genres in a lot of ways feel like an outdated concept because music is just evolving. Mm. And I think genres were just like a, a really easy way to box people into certain categories to know what demographics the market do. Yeah. Like radio and CD and stuff like that. But now everyone's got a Spotify playlist and you can just jump around. So it's really weird. Like you look at the quote unquote, the biggest rappers like in the world are they don't, people that don't even rap. They just dress like rappers. People call them rappers like Post Malone. Yeah. You know, it's like they got in the rap. It's, it's a weird time for genres. But I've always enjoyed bending them and mixing them together and just pulling inspiration from, uh, you know, wherever it lends itself from. And I, and I think that's kind of always been a, a calling card in my creativity. Like on the first album I ever released, um, Heroes for Sale, like I had a record with Under Oath and like a metal band and like screaming and mixing it with like trap drums. And, and it was like... Uh, like tribal drums and trap drums and metal and like just always mix things together. So uh, I've always enjoyed that. And I think I'm just going to continue to do it. So I'm speaking from someone who's worked on music projects in the past. You of all people would know that that process involves a lot of listening to just the same few beats over and over again, possibly even getting sick of some of those beats in the process every now and again. Yeah. Does that happen to you? And if so, what's kind of your process for pushing through that? And what would you say to someone who's maybe trying to get into this world, but you know, they're just not understanding that sometimes that process is tasking and it takes a lot. Yeah. Oh man. I have no help for that. But the truth <laughs> is, is like we all run into it. It's really easy to start an idea and create something that's really hard to finish it. Mm. And so I think the difficulty in finishing things is like the amount of almost sheer grit that it takes to finish something because it's not as much creative inspiration and passion at that moment. It's more like, okay, staple down. And you know, when I'm not feeling the inspiration, I'm, I know I'm heading towards the goal of completing this song so I can finally see the light of day. Sure. I think all the artists run into that because we also we want to work on new stuff. We want to create things. And we feel like every day we work on the same song, we could be making a new song. So it's, always that tension but um i would say like you know setting goals and deadlines is really helpful if i walk into the studio and i know like all right i got four hours i'm gonna clamp down and say no to that person inviting me out to lunch or mm -hmm. you know whatever no no i gotta finish this is my thing so the more you can self-govern i think the more successful you'll be in any field but i do think that uh it's a very very difficult task and very few people are able to do that yeah but wow can you think of a maybe a specific track for you that was especially difficult to finish, but maybe was really rewarding once you got it out and you were you felt good uh, about it? Clarity, uh, I ain't done. Um, I mean, if I could just tell you the amount of revisions and versions and ten million things that happened in making those songs come to life, it just it almost took like two years. One of them took a full year. Really, clarity was like almost two years. Yeah, just like tinkering and tweaking and changing things and trying to write a second verse. I'm terrible when it comes to writing. Like I wait to the very last minute. Like I like working on songs and ideas and concepts and like hooks and stuff. But it's like when I have a song that's ready to go and I know it's like, all right, I got to sit down and write the second verse. Like, <laughs> oh God, so much pressure. And I just don't think I'm at a place anymore where I like really love rapping like that. I just don't like, it's like a job at this point. Really? Because I feel like I have so many outlets for my feelings now, like with mm. people and with a marriage and with friends. And I just don't feel the need to be like, I just got to write my feelings. Right yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I did at one point. Kind of sad. It kind of messes with me. Yeah. It's the difference between looking at that as an outlet for feelings. It can become right. a creative expression, but maybe not just so you can get relief from feelings. Right. It's kind of changes a little bit. Right. Right. Because I've matured grown up. And, you know, I've also been doing it for since I was like 10 years old. So it's just right. kind of bored of it in a lot of ways. So just got to find ways to stay inspired because you work your whole life to get to this point where people care and they're like, all right, we want to hear what you got to say. And you're like, I've said it all. <laughs> you know, look like, 10 years ago <laughs> you know so it's just funny that that's the way kind of life works is like you work your whole life to get something and when you finally get it you're so exhausted getting there it's like now you're supposed to get started and you're like mm. 
weird. Yeah, an angry young guy is, is he's twenty. He's releasing his first EP or something. Maybe it's not sustainable yeah. to be an angry rapper for <laughs> twenty years. You know, like that's yeah. It's a strange thing. Like teen angst is a real thing, and it's it's really popular. But then teenagers become adults. You know, mm. <laughs> so it's like I don't know. Well, thank you so much for your time, brother. And I love your work. And I'm happy I was able to talk to you. Thanks, man. Same, brother. And now it is time for the conversation. And as we mentioned earlier in the show, today is Valentine's Day. So we wanted to do something kind of themed on relationships and love. Mm -hmm. And one of the conversations that the three of us were having was about the five love languages. And we thought this is just a really interesting framework that has become insanely popular uh, as a framework for understanding people in romantic relationships. The story behind this framework is really interesting. It's a book, which a lot of people don't even know. There's actually a yeah, book for I didn't the five love languages. This was a thing. I thought this was just kind of a cultural thing that oh, we all really? agreed on. Right. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people who aren't familiar with this, you just see like a meme somewhere yeah. or a, an Instagram post or a yeah. Tumblr blog about it somewhere. Yeah. I have personally said something to the effect of burritos are my love language. Like <laughs> oh, that's, yes. that's, that's in our zeitgeist. Right. It yeah. Is. If you look up just on Twitter, if you yeah. search for love languages, you'll see an endless stream of people claiming random objects as their, yeah, love, their language. love language. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which burritos would be near the top of mine too, by the way. <laughs> Still stand behind uh, that. <laughs> but yeah, this is actually a book that was written by a guy named Gary Chapman, who is now, I think, maybe in his 80s. He's an older mm-hmm. gentleman, a Southern Baptist pastor from one of the Carolinas. Yeah. And he wrote this book back in 1992 called The Five Love Languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate. Something about this framework has really resonated with people. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason that it's really resonated with people is its simplicity. Right. There are five love languages. We all have all of the love languages to some extent, but maybe one or two that tend to be highlighted for most people. When we say love languages, basically what he's saying is something that we just innately understand. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like a native language to us. There might be one of these things where you just resonate with it in such a way where you go. Yeah. When people do this thing for me, that just fills up. He calls it a love bank. Imagine a bank account that has a certain deposit level. So when you go into the red, you're missing something here, right? right. You're yeah. overdrawn. You need that bank to be filled up. And when other people are doing that thing for you, it gets filled up and you feel more and more loved and more gratified mm. in your relationships. Real quickly, number one, yes, there are five love languages. Yes, there are some that you may identify with more than others, but we all have all of these languages to some extent. Yeah. Okay. So if getting gifts is the lowest thing on your love language totem pole, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that that doesn't count for anything. No, right? Sure. Not at all. Another important thing to keep in mind, just because your list is different than maybe your partner's doesn't mean that you're somehow fundamentally incompatible with Not one another. Not at all. Right? My wife and I are literally the inverse opposites of each <laughs> other in terms of our lists. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it means you have a little more work to do to mm-hmm. learn to speak a language that comes less naturally to you. Yeah. But if anything, that's enjoyable work to do. Sure. You get to learn about someone who's different than you and learn how to love them in a way that's really gratifying for Mm. them. And doing so, I think you'll find will be really gratifying for you also. This love language framework is actually Mm. not really about understanding yourself as much as it is understanding your partner. Sure. Right. And this is the thing that actually gets misunderstood a lot when this gets spread around online is people are like, Ooh, I want to know what my love language is. Right. Because that's more fun than finding out somebody else's. It's more fun because you go, okay, if my love language is this, that means my spouse needs to be giving me this. right? And that can get really dangerous really quickly because you can start keeping score really fast. right? Like, hey, I deserve to be loved in this way because Mm. it's my love language. And if my spouse isn't doing that, then they're not holding up their end of the bargain. So if you're listening to this episode, my exhortation to you would be as we dive into each of these five love languages, you're really going to want to focus on which one of these five is my thing. Sure. But if you can, if you have a partner in your life that you love, think more about them. Try to figure out as you're listening, what is the thing that they are looking for and how can I give that to them? This is really less about figuring out 
what I want and more about what my partner wants and how I can learn to speak that language better so that I can love them in a way that they're really going to appreciate. Exactly. Let's dive into it. We're going to go through each of the five, talk about them real quickly, give a basic outline of each one, and then talk about what we were just saying. How can we better love people who speak this language? So Isaac, we're going to let you introduce us to our first love language, which is words of affirmation. First of all, Anson, I think you did a great job of introducing that topic. Yes, well done. Well done. (laughs) Thank you. Boom. Words of affirmation. Okay, so shout out to the Love Nudge app because they provide these really succinct definitions of all of the love languages. And that's what I'm using for the words of affirmation one. So this says actions don't always speak louder than words. If this is your love language, unsolicited compliments mean the world to you. Hearing the words, I love you are important. Hearing the reasons behind the love, send your spirit skyward. And then the the inverse end of that insults can leave you shattered Mm. and are not easily forgotten. Kind, encouraging and positive words are truly life giving. It's true. So the whole, uh, you know, Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Nope. For words of affirmation, people, that's very not true. <laughs> I fall into that camp and words are so hurtful. <laughs> words sting. Yeah. Punch me all day long, but please say nice things to I, me. I literally remember things I've been told decades ago. Mm. Like, yeah. Words of affirmation, would you say those are like the one of the top ones on your list, if not the top thing? Definitely my top one. Yeah. yeah. And if sure. I remember right, Kara, it's these my, are really up there for you it's too. It's my top one as yeah. well. <laughs> it cannot be understated how low the bar is that can make my day. <laughs> like really, no, truly. Yeah, yeah. It is it's like true. the simplest. Brie one day told me that I looked handsome in a shirt. Oh. And y'all, like I felt like I had a million dollars in my pocket. It was oh. so cool. Like there's this picture, like I, I send it on Twitter. This this proud goat meme is just like, yeah. like walking around, like all proud. I'm like, that was uh-huh. me today. She said I looked handsome. This is my wife. I spend every waking moment oh. with her. And just the reminder that she thinks I'm handsome. I'm like, oh, that's nice. That's so great. Nice. <laughs> so nice. Like if you know someone that is words of affirmation, you can make their day just by saying they have cool shoes on. Anything. Yeah. yeah. My husband has been really good at this lately because we we actually both downloaded this app that you're talking about. And so we've been more aware of it lately. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I've noticed that he's been very, very good lately about, hey, I'm really proud of you for doing this thing. And yeah. that's a big one saying I'm proud of you for anything. After we have a conversation and maybe we're talking about something hard, he'll stop and be like, hey, thanks for all you do. Hey, thanks for listening. Mm. And those little things just make everything okay. It's (laughs) gas in the tank. It's amazing. Yeah. I think it can be tempting as someone who is into words of affirmation and very good at giving them. Yeah. Because that's one thing about the love languages. If it's your language and you want that thing, typically Mm -hmm. you're much better at giving that thing as well. And one of the dangers of these uh, love languages, when you have something like this that you're very good at, you tend to think of it as very easy to give to others, right? So if I'm like very good at words of affirmation, I think, well, words of affirmation are easy. You just say nice things to each other. (laughs) I do that all the time. It's simple. But as I was talking to my wife more about this, who has words of affirmation very low on her list. Mm. She actually was asking me the question, no, can you, can you break this down a little? Like what exactly are you wanting me to say? Because it just does not come naturally to her. Yeah. And so we have to be really careful about making assumptions that like, well, this is simple and easy to understand because that's Mm. the whole point. You speak the language. It is simple and easy for you to understand, but it might not be for your partner. Can I piggyback off of that? Because my wife is the same way. Mm -hmm. I have literally dictated words for her to write in a birthday card for someone before yeah. yes. <laughs> she does not have words as her strong oh. she'll literally go hey use words for me <laughs> <laughs> dearest mom <laughs> my wife and i we've had multiple conversations about this she was like okay what are the kinds of things that i can say to you that are meaningful because yeah. I, I literally don't know what they are that's helpful and so yeah. we sat down and we talked about it and number one easiest way to start I love hearing I love you. Yeah. Yes. I, I say I love you constantly to right. my yes. wife. She doesn't as naturally say that back to me. Not because she doesn't love me, yeah. but because this is not the way she expresses it naturally. Yeah. Right. So learning to say that out loud. Yep. And the other thing we talked about is she said, you know what? I, as I think about this, I realized that I think about a lot of these things in my head a lot. Right. I think, mm. oh, Anson looks really nice today. Or, wow, I'm glad Anson did this for me mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm. But I don't often verbalize those things. Yeah. And so we mm. talked about when you think those things, just try to spit them out, try yeah. to get them outside yeah. of your head and say them out loud because that's going to be really Huge. meaningful. Try to think about why do I love them? I love mm. you because you are 
this way. Mm. Anything that you can attach to, I love you because Mm. finish that sentence and say it out loud to a words of affirmation person. And that's going to get you a long, long way. I think it's okay to ask questions. That's a really good place to start is say, what are the types of things that when I do say them, you really, you really enjoy, right? Like a good one that I gave to my wife, my wife was like, so wait a second. It actually like means something to you when I tell you that you look good today. Like you, I didn't know you cared about that. So like, I'm getting frustrated hearing that. Like, you're like, yes, yes, it like, does. Yes, absolutely. Right. Like, why do you think that I am constantly telling you how cute and how good you look uh, and how like, yeah. adorable you are and how pretty your dress is and how. Because I desperately want to hear you say the same things about me. Oh, tell me to, I'm cute. Right. Please just tell me I'm cute. Right. So even yeah. if you got a big manly man, yep. if he's a words of affirmation oh, guy, yeah. yeah. Saying, hey, you look you're looking you good look today. Good. Yeah. yeah. That's gonna be really meaningful. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go on to our second one. That is quality time. Yes. For quality time, people, I'm also gonna borrow the app because it just does such a good job. In the vernacular of quality time, nothing says I love you like full undivided attention. Being there for this type of person is critical, but really being there with the TV off, fork and knife down, all the chores and tasks on standby makes your significant other feel truly special and loved. Distractions, postponed dates, or the failure to listen can be especially hurtful. Quality time also means sharing quality conversation and quality activities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is also very high on my list, but it's a little bit higher on my husband's list, actually. Mm. And just reading that description when I was going through this was really helpful for me because there's been times where I have tried to multitask while mm. I'm listening. We're having a conversation. Maybe I'm trying to fix dinner. I'm petting the cat. Like in my mind, I'm like, no, I'm listening. It's fine. Right. But reading this, I'm like, oh, no, that was divided attention. And right. to him, that felt like You're not actually engaging fully with me. Yes. And I've noticed that in a number of different areas when it feels like my attention is divided. And it didn't make sense to me. I was like, no, I'm here. Like, I'm fully engaged. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, you're really not. And Mm, so now I'm like, okay, that totally makes sense. It means a lot to these people when you put down the phone, turn Mm. off the TV, turn and look at them. Make eye contact. Make eye contact. Eye contact is super important. That's a big one for me as well. And just literally stop what you're doing and pay attention to what they're saying, how they're saying it. Ask questions. Yeah. Be engaged in the conversation, not just "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm." that is so hurtful to a quality time person. Or share an experience with them. That's big with me. Like the multitasking thing. Like my wife and I watch movies all the time. Yes. But I've had to have a conversation with her because I'm high with quality time as well. Yes. Where Watching a movie with me means I want you to be watching this with me yes. and commenting on it with me, not on your phone. Like yes. I, I get my jimmies wrestled when someone is trying to do something with me mm-hmm. and, and they're, they're not like, really there. It almost feels insulting. It's like, yes. why do you need more than me and what we've agreed to do Ooh, right now? You know, gotcha. like, so participate true. in this with me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it kind of feels almost like this violation of you're not good enough for me. Yeah. yeah. Like, and when yeah. you are either on your phone during a conversation or maybe you're doing an activity together and yeah. they're yes. not they don't seem to be fully engaged why am i not enough for you yeah. why do oh, you need man. to supplement yeah. me with something else it's so true that Pro- feels very hurtful proximity doesn't check that box to me no you that's know, why it's it, quality yeah right yeah it's not <laughs> it just requires, about being near or yeah. having time it's it's the quality of the time is very important mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. a five good minutes with someone would be better than like yes. a couple of hours of us just happening to be in the same space together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I think a big thing, if you're trying to figure out, okay, what are ways that I can love somebody who has this quality time thing high on their list? Mm-hmm. I think a really big one that's very simple to start is asking them about their day. Yes. But you have to be really careful with these though, right? Because you can start off on the right foot and then go off the rails really quickly because of what we're talking about, right? Yes. So you can say, how is your day? As you turn back to the stove and continue cooking dinner. Yeah. Yeah, no. Nope, that's not it. Mm. You find a moment. Maybe you wait until dinner's served and you yeah. sit down at the table together and you put your phone on the counter on the yes. other side of the kitchen mm-hmm. and you sit down and you look them in the eye and yes. you say, I want to know how, was how your, your day, day went. <laughs> right. And not just a like flippant. How was your day? No. But like, I really want you to tell me about it. Yes. And as you're telling me about it, 
if you tell me about a meeting in the morning, well, this meeting went like, so what was that meeting about? What yeah. did you talk about in yes. that meeting? How did you like, follow up yeah. questions, follow up questions, interacting, <laughs> demonstrating to that person, like I am fully engaged with you in this yes. conversation yeah. and I'm genuinely interested in hearing about what you have to say in your experiences. Yes. It's not just about starting the conversation. That's important, but also demonstrating to that person, like, no, I'm fully engaged with you in this. You have to yeah. stay in it. And I think I like what you said about activities too, Isaac. That's helpful for me. It seems like maybe with guys at times, shared activities are a big part of how they experience love, but especially if they're a quality time person. Yeah. And I know that's a big one with my husband. I'm more like, let's just sit across the table and talk which is good. And he likes that. But also there's something very, very, very important about the quality time, like doing an activity together, engaging in that together also builds quality time in a way that other things don't. Yeah. I think a subcomponent of quality time is this kind of recreational companionship could be as simple as watching a movie right? or it could be as complex as going on a mini vacation together and going on an adventure together and different personality types may prefer to do different things. Like I'm not an outdoorsy type, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, recreational companionship doesn't necessarily look like let's go on a hike together or something like that. I love video Mm -hmm. games and my wife does not. She loathes them (laughs) But recently we found a little mini game that she actually kind of enjoys playing a little bit for her. But really, it's a sacrifice for her that she's making for Mm. me where she's saying, you know what? Video games, not my thing. But I understand this is really important to you. and It's a big part of who you are. Mm. And so every once in a while, I want to step into that with you Mm. and participate in that with you. Mm -hmm. And that means an awful lot to me because I go, wow, I know this isn't her thing. Yeah. But she's willing to put her phone down to get rid of the other distractions and take a few Mm. minutes. Yeah. to do this thing with me that I love. Yeah. And that's really meaningful. Yeah, huge. The third love language that we're going to talk about is physical touch. So I'm going to read mm. the definition to this one real quick and then we'll dive into it. So physical touch, this language isn't all about the bedroom. A person whose primary language is physical touch is not surprisingly very touchy. Hugs, pats on the back, holding hands and thoughtful touches on the arm or shoulder or face. They can all be ways to show excitement, concern, care and love. Physical presence and accessibility are crucial, while neglect or abuse can be unforgivable and destructive. Mm. Physical touch fosters a sense of security and belonging in any relationship. Mm. All right. So physical touch is probably the highest one on my list. So this is one that I identify very strongly with. Ironically, if you look at my wife's love language breakdown, hers for physical touch is literally zero. (laughs) Okay. So we are very opposite on this one. And this is something that we've had to work on in our relationship. Um, Physical touch, I think, is probably the most easily misunderstood love language of all of the five love Mm, languages because a lot of people jump to the conclusion that physical touch is basically a cutesy PG euphemism (laughs) for sex. It's really not. It's not. Yeah. Okay. You can love having sex. That's great. That doesn't necessarily mean that physical touch is at the top of your list. If what the rest of this definition is talking about doesn't really resonate with you physical Mm -hmm. touch might Mm -hmm. not be your love language Uh, i'm talking about hugs pats on the back holding hands thoughtful gentle touches those types of Mm -hmm. things when i'm talking about those things you go oh yeah i love it when my partner does that that's a sign that this may actually be your love language look i I love sex too and that's a part of it but it's not the be all and end all and in fact there are so many little things that when my wife does them for me All of a sudden, it's just this instant feeling of belonging and security and happiness. When I walk in the door at the end of the day and my wife turns around, walks over and gives me a hug, that's incredibly meaningful. Or even just little things like when we're sitting next to each other in church and she puts her hand on my knee. That's a big deal. And I'm constantly doing that to her because, again, this is my love language and I'm very good at expressing it. It's challenging for her because it's not her love language at all. (laughs) And as a mom, in fact, she gets really, really tired of being touched all the time Mm, by her children. And so she has to really work at allowing me to express my love for her in that Mm, way. But she also has to work really hard at trying to express that back to me. Imagine that you're in some sort of fantasy world where your touch imbues like I like I don't <laughs> magic know. powers. Like magic you're in Avatar. Comes, you're in basically, the movie Avatar. I don't know. Yeah. I just I that's what I picture. Like yeah. there's like yeah. this that's warmth. A good idea, actually. This warmth that shoots through your hand into right, your yeah. loved one and they fill up with like that's how I feel when it happens. I really like that idea, Carrie. Yeah. It's just thinking about how powerful that can be. Yeah. And it, it's, it seems a little silly it's, and yet it actually is kind of true. Like my yes. wife the other day when I came home 
she came over to me as I was working on something. She said, you know, how are you doing? I was like, fine. But I wasn't in a great mood. And I think she could tell. And she literally just took her hands and put them on my face, like either side of my face, like looked at me and said, I love you. And then like, and then turned back around and went back to cooking. Double doozy right there. And I almost just like (laughs) fell on the floor. Like, you melted into a puddle. Yeah. I was like, well, that's, I'm, I'm done. Like that's it. Like that's it for me. Instant turnaround. And and so that's the kind of power that those types of touches have. So when you're walking by your spouse, just a little brush up against them uh, can mean a lot. Reach out and hold their hands when you're sitting next to them or walking with them. Yeah. Yeah. You might think, well, my spouse and I, we hold hands a lot. That actually might be a sign that you have a spouse that this is important to them. And if they're the one that's always reaching out for your hand, Mm. it's going to be really powerful if you actually are the one that initiates that and reaches out to them. Yes. And initiating physical contact yourself is really important because they're going to be doing it all the time. But that doesn't necessarily fill up the love bank in the same way as you initiating it. So don't mistake the fact that, well, we we kiss or we hug or we hold hands or we do these things. It might be because your partner is initiating all that because they're they're in desperate need of it. Another like little one that you can do is just put your arm around your spouse in public. That's Mm -hmm. a big one for me. I don't know why, but like when we're in a group of people and my husband comes over and just puts his arm around me, I'm like, okay, everything's fine. (laughs) Yeah. And for the people that are like physical touch people, these words, a sense of security and belonging. It's true. Those are the words that really, I think, resonate with physical Mm -hmm. touch people. I'm in a safe place. You are a safe person. Mm -hmm. I belong to you. You belong to me. There's a real like deep sense of intimacy that comes Mm -hmm. through with physical touch. That's that's really important. Yeah. The fourth one that we want to talk about is gifts. Yes. Isaac, you want to talk been about receiving gifts? Pretty transparent <laughs> this about is such a big deal for yeah, you. <laughs> this is the one that I'm pretty bad at. <laughs> so reading the definition for this one, don't mistake this love language for materialism, Isaac. The receiver <laughs> of gifts thrives on the love, thoughtfulness, mm. and effort behind the gifts. That's so good. if you speak this language, the perfect gift or gesture shows that you are known, you are cared for, mm. and that you are prized above whatever was sacrificed to bring the gift to you. Mm. And this is crazy. A missed birthday, anniversary, or a hasty, thoughtless gift would be disastrous. Mm. So with the absence of everyday gestures, gifts are visual representations of love and treasured. This is my wife's number one. So mm-hmm. I have had a while adjusting to this. This is dead on with her. I mean, I can bring her a flower that I literally dandelion weed. I can bring her something. I could bring her a weed from the yard, and she's like, "Oh, honey," and loves it. Aww. And that's been the coolest thing ever. Like the result will be the same if I show up with a watch or something. Like wow. she will cherish yeah. that because it shows that I've thought of her. Yes. And I think for people like me who have gifts as the last one, or that's very low on your priorities, you're going to get tripped up in the materialistic aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You're going to think, "Well, I need to save up and make a grand gesture," but That's not it at all. You can be doing something daily. And I've also have been told to say that it's not just food. Do not just get them donuts all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's wrong too, apparently. That's unhelpful. (laughs) But just the small acts of a card, a note. I'm Mm. I'm big on the note because that kind of combines my words and her gifts receiving Mm. things. So Yeah. I think it's very easy to think that if someone really is into gifts, that they're a materialistic person. And that's, that's somehow a shallow love language. But it's really not shallow at all because it's not actually about the thing that you're giving them. Right. If you read this definition again, it's really about the thoughtfulness, love and effort that is behind the gift. Sure. Yeah. Right. My wife gifts is one of her biggest ones as well. When she recognizes that I have sacrificed something yeah. to get that mm. gift or that I've put time and energy, that might be the thing that I've sacrificed yeah. into yeah. that gift. That's what's really meaningful. Right. Yeah. So when I get her something for her birthday, she doesn't like giving me a list of things she wants for her birthday. Yeah. She wants me to get something for her and figure it out on my own, which frustrates mm. me to no end. Yeah. Because <laughs> for my birthday, I'm like, I want a Nintendo. Yeah. That's I want, all I want. I want yeah. that one. Yeah. Please give me that one. And You'll if you give like, me a different one, I'm going to be mad because I wanted that one. You're like right? me. Like, You'll give serial numbers. You're right. like, like, I want this exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. And awesome. so I'm like, why can't you just tell me what you want? Because, because what I want is not a thing. I want you mm. to love me 
by expressing creativity and yeah. thoughtfulness and getting me something that you think I will That's enjoy. It, right by there. And figuring yeah. out what I would like. Right. Yeah. And so for Dree, that can be as simple as, you know, a potato peeler for the kitchen. <laughs> it could be way more expensive than that or anywhere in between. Yes. Listen for when your spouse says things like, I really wish I had any yeah. phrases around yeah. that. Yep. Mark those things down. Remember those for later. Yeah. Yep. I feel like I'm a lot better at this with my friends. All right. Enjoy doing this for friends and maybe because some of my friends have this as their love language. You're a little really good higher. at this actually. Well, I can say. <laughs> yeah, Kara's dead I on really enjoy it, which is funny because it's low on my personal list of mm. like what I need, but I enjoy it. I think it's a lot of fun. So just bringing a coffee to someone mm-hmm. and leaving it and being like, Hey, no, you're probably having a busy day. I love doing that kind of thing. And that's the other thing that's fun about these love languages is even if you don't speak it, but you know, somebody else does, there's something incredibly filling in and of itself making the effort to, mm-hmm. to love someone else, to fill someone yeah. else's tank. And, and then you see the gratification that comes from that, yeah. from that person of like, wow, you spoke to me in this way that's really meaningful to me. And yeah. that's really gratifying it's incredibly for us. Too. gratifying. Yeah. So I will say too, if this is not your natural love language, don't be afraid to ask for some like reconnaissance mm-hmm. help. Because, that's me. Yeah. I have yeah. to ask. This is I think it's, so yeah. off my radar. It's not even thought about. I'm yeah. the type where if I only received or gave gifts around these major holidays, that'd be fine because I look at that as something to look forward to. Like, okay, fine. My birthday's in September. Yeah, I'll get something yeah. then. Like, yeah. that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But if your wife is a gifts person, talk to other women and ask them yes. what type of gifts yeah. they like to get or yes. talk to her girlfriends. If your husband is a gifts person, talk to some other guys who yeah. are yep. gifts people. Ask them the kind of things that they enjoy getting. And then, yeah, it's okay occasionally to ask your partner, yeah. what are the types of things that I've gotten you in the past or that I could get you that would be meaningful. You talked about the food thing. I was like, all right, I'm going to try to find one little thing to give to my wife every week. That was yeah. my goal. Mm. Right. Yeah. And really quickly it became candy bars and sonic drinks. <laughs> right. It's right? so easy. Like, that's all I, that's all I know Food. what to do. Right. Yeah. Food. And uh, she really appreciates those things. Like yeah. she does like those yeah. things. I don't necessarily just want to get you the same thing every single time. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so I asked her, I was like, are there other things that I could be getting you yeah. besides just these things? And she was the one that actually said, well, you know how like the other day I said, I'm constantly cutting up apples for my children. Mm. And I'm tired of having to use the stupid knife to cut up apple slices. I wish I just had an apple slicer. Ah. And about a week later, she went and bought herself one off of Amazon. That was a missed opportunity for me because she said, I really wish I had an apple slicer. I could have just as easily gone on Amazon. It would have taken 10 seconds for me to order a $4 apple slicer. Yeah. Mm. Right. And if it would have showed up in a box when my wife is at home and I'm at work and she goes, why in the world are we getting an Amazon? But I didn't order anything. <laughs> and she opens yeah. the box. Yeah. That would have been a huge win. Yeah. And it's an apple slicer, people. Like it's not, <laughs> it's so, it's not that big of a deal. We're overestimating what it takes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's really that like thoughtfulness of like, yeah. I heard you, I listened to you yeah. and now I'm, taking the time to respond and love you in this way. Follow for sure. up. If you have a gifts person in your life, I promise you they will drop hints. Yeah. Yes. You just have to pay attention and listen yep. to them, which is hard. It it's is. really hard when that's not you, but pay attention to those hints and then follow up on them. Exactly. All right. Final one. We're talking acts of service. Okay. Acts of service from the app. Can vacuuming the floors really be an expression of love? Absolutely. (laughs) Anything you do to ease the burden of responsibilities weighing on an acts of service person will speak volumes. The words he or she most want to hear is let me do that for you. Laziness, broken commitments and making more work for them. Tell speakers of this language their feelings don't matter. Finding ways to serve speaks volumes to the recipients of these acts. Mm I know I said earlier, this one mystifies me the most. I mean, I get it. I get it. Especially someone like Dre, who's there's small children at home. There's always so much to do to Uh me. I'm like, well, of course, like they need help. That's practically very helpful. That's very, very helpful. Of course, that would speak, you know, volumes of love. But for me, I guess in this season of life, it isn't as big of a deal to me. If someone forgets to vacuum the floor, forgets (laughs) to do a chore, I'm like, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Like, I don't feel like you don't love me. Right. But this one is a little bit bigger in percentage on my husband's chart. And I think what I've missed is there's times where he gets frustrated when I forget something. I'm very flaky when it comes to like responsibilities and Mm. I don't know, grown up tasks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have to make myself just prioritize different things. (laughs) Yes. I prioritize different things. And so to me, it's not a big deal. I've noticed like he will get super frustrated about something. And I'm like, what is the, I don't understand why this is a big deal. 
And yet reading this, I'm like, oh, it's because that is leaving then a burden on him. It's telling him, I don't care that you're carrying this burden all by yourself. Mm -hmm. It reframed it for me to say, okay, this is more about how love is spoken to him than it is about he's just demand. He's not demanding. He's just like, I need some help. And Mm -hmm. I feel loved when you help share this burden with me. If you don't do anything else, Mm -hmm. but you find out what the one thing that your partner does (laughs) that they hate and you do it, they will shower you. Brie does not like unloading our dishwasher. Really? I cannot understand why she does it. Uh, it's it's something for me that I will do it literally in like two minutes listening to music and it's done. Yeah. And then without fail, she will like find me and go, did you have that the dishwasher? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, it's just like that. It's just big That's anime so... heart eyes. Like She <laughs> freaks out about it. And I'm like, uh, dude, okay, like, I'll take it. Fine. Yeah. Like, it's fine. But it's, the it's something that to you means absolutely nothing to the point Ooh. where you don't even understand why it's a big deal. Yes. That's great. Yeah. Do that. Do then. it. Like if it's, if it's fine for you, just do it. Think about someone that, you know, who around like holidays or things like they're always the person while everyone else is sitting around oh. in a circle, like chatting away in the living room or whatever. Right. They're off making coffee for everyone. Yep. They are cooking meals for everyone. They're cleaning up all the dishes after dinner while everyone else is sitting around the table talking. Uh-huh. Right. These are the acts of service people in your life. Yep. But those people tend to get hardly any love back to them yeah. yep. in the way that they're displaying it. Yep. Because everyone else around thinks, well, they they're just, taking care they're of taking it. They'll self-sabotage. They'll do everything. Exactly. (laughs) Dree's mom is another person that's this way. Like if you let her, she will do everything and you won't even have an opportunity to serve her because she's doing all this stuff. This person may not ask you to do these things and right. because yep. they may be trying to take care of it on their own. Yeah. But if they're doing it for you, it's probably a good sign that that's a love language they speak pretty right. naturally. Mm. And these people are usually really starved for getting that themselves yeah. because everyone just assumes that's their thing. That's what they it's do. Right? simultaneously the most easily identified, but most frequently underappreciated things. Mm. Like you'll know immediately if you're the acts of service person in your relationship Yeah, because you'll be looking down you do at the all. same listening to this podcast going <laughs> oh god it's me like that's yeah if that's you then maybe communicate where you can be helped and allow someone else to hop in and show you love in your love language right yeah. like it took mm-hmm. brie telling me hey it means a lot to me when you do these small things i know mm-hmm. that to you it's nothing but when mm. you actually help me with this, it's huge. And what you said about, well, there may be a few things that they really don't like doing. Yeah. They're still going to yep. do them, but they might not actually like them. So if you can figure out what those things are and say, you know what, that's going to be my thing yeah. from now on, that's a big deal, right? Yeah. So for Dree, emptying the trash and taking it out to the curb, yeah. hates doing that, right? <laughs> so I've basically decided yeah. that's my mm. task. And remembering to do it before she reminds me yeah. is, Ooh, is important as well. Mm-hmm. And I actually had to ask her, I had to say... Hey, honey, stop reminding me to take out the trash and trust me that I am going to commit to doing this. And if in two or three weeks I'm not doing it, by all means, bring it back up and tell me that I'm not doing what I told you that I would do. But give me a chance to let me do this for you. The big key is... You can't fail them at that point, right? Once you say like, I'm going to do this thing for you, you got to commit to doing it because kind of like we've talked about some of the violations that could occur in other areas. That's the violation here is when you commit to something and then you don't follow through on that commitment. So when you say, don't worry about that, I'll take care of that. And then three days later, (laughs) it's still not done. That is a major violation against this type of person. So hard. That is so me. A, A pro tip for somebody who forgets things all the time like me. Use your phone reminders. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> the phone reminders are great. I, I have one set up oh. for taking out the trash every Tuesday night. Yes. And that thing saves my life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so true. All right, guys, that wraps up our conversation on love languages. And I love this conversation. And I think the reason that I love it is because hopefully it gave you some practical ideas for how you can show love to your spouse. Mm -hmm. And like Kara talked about a little bit earlier, it's insanely gratifying and Mm -hmm. really, really fun, honestly, to show your spouse love in ways that's really meaningful to them. Yeah. Communication is going to be the key factor in this and learning both your own love language, how it can be expressed to you and your partner, because 
they're going to see even just making the effort to understand what matters most to them. Yes. That's going to already deal. get you a great place to start. Absolutely. If you haven't taken the love languages quiz before, or if you don't know what your love languages are still after listening to this episode, mm-hmm. go do that. You can download the Love Nudge app, which is the one that we've been talking about on the show on your yeah. phone. Mm-hmm. It's really easy. We'll take you just a couple minutes. Sit down with your spouse and do it with them. If they're yep. a quality time person, they'll love that. Uh, <laughs> or if you have done this already, or if you know what your spouse's love language is, pick one thing today to do for right. them yep. based on their key love language. Yep. We want to go around the table and say what we're going to do today. Ooh. Okay. All right. Oh, what snap. you going to do, Isaac? I'm going to do our litter box because Brie hates oh. it so much. Uh, good good job. Happy Valentine's Stinky Day. The litter job. box is clean. <laughs> good on you. Okay. You put me on the spot. Anson, you go next. <laughs> Love it. Hang on. (laughs) All right. Well, giving gifts is something that's important to my wife. The thing that you always get on Valentine's Day is flowers, right? Yes, yes. I can get my wife flowers, but that can't be the only thing that I get her. Right. I can get her chocolate, but that can't be the only thing that I get her because those are the defaults. Right. So I've got to find something today that is meaningful to my wife in a way outside of traditional Valentine's-y things. I've got to surprise her with something that she doesn't think that I would think of on Valentine's Day. I'm not sure what that thing is yet, but I'm going to come up with it. Okay, so uh, yeah, that's a good one. I think my husband's top one is quality time, and that includes creative adventures or things like Mm. that. So I think I'm going to plan some sort of creative either adventure or just activity for us to do together together. on Valentine's Day uh, so that it's not like his job to just do all of the because I think a lot of times guys get that the hard like you know they have to do all the things on Valentine's Day I think Mm -hmm. it should go both ways so I'm going to work on planning a creative shared activity Thanks for listening to the Real Talk podcast from Real FM. Catch Afternoons with Anson and Kara live every weekday on Real FM Radio. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of John Brown University, KLRC Radio, or Real FM. I'm in a store and I'm singing. Hey! Snow singing in the North Pole.